orangutans. And we always start out with praying for another church. And I was thinking on this this morning, um, just about praying for the body. And, you know, Brian always says we're not the best church. We are part of the church. So that's why we pray for other people. We pray for other churches. But as I was thinking on this and thinking on the fact, you know, that we are a body, it took me back to about seven years ago. I had a problem with my arm my left arm, and it was excruciating. It hurt so bad. It's like, you know, trying to get dressed. I'd have to try to get dressed with one arm because I just I didn't want to move. I didn't want to do anything. It, it, it was bad. I mean, I, walked, I typically don't go to doctors a lot, and I walked into doctor, uh, my chiropractor's office just bawling. I was like, I don't care what you do. Just make it feel better. You know, and so he did all his little chiropractic snap, crackle, pops things, and he took an x-ray to see what was really going on, and to my surprise, there was nothing wrong with my arm. Do you know what was the matter was I had a problem in my neck. And I was thinking about that this morning. When one part of the body has a problem, it does not just affect that part of the body. Yeah. You know, I'd go to sleep every night, and I mean, I'd do my neck, and I'm good to go, and I wouldn't think anything was the matter with my neck. My arm was just messed up. And Dr. Bridge is like, no, 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 no. Let me show you these x-rays right here. You see your neck's supposed to do this, and your neck's not doing that. It's doing this instead, and it's caused this to do that. And, well, you know, long story short, it's running down into your arm. The body of Christ is the same way. A church can have an issue, and that church may not even know that it has an issue, but it is affecting other churches, other parts of the body of Christ. This is why we pray for the body of Christ. We will lift up boomerang, but we realize there are other parts of the body that affect us. So this morning, we're going to pray for House of Shiloh Church and Pastor Joshua and Deborah Ellerby. And if anybody went to the one, this is the man that stood up, the tall, dark man that stood up in his shiny suit, and shoot, his shiny suit, shiny suit, and he sang like an angel. That was, that's who we're praying for. So God bless the people that can sing because it ain't me. Um, as we're praying, we are also going to pray for, I cannot talk today. We're going to pray for our pastor, Brian. Blah. I can talk. Yes, I can. Um, God bless you on live stream because you get to listen to Southern and Southern Mass. We're going to pray for Pastor Joshua and Deborah Ellerby. We are also going to pray for Pastor Brian. Because on Thursday, he is flying up to New Hampshire, and he is going to speak at, and correct me if I'm messing up the name, Full Gospel Men's Business Fellowship something or another. What he said. Full Gospel Business Men's Fellowship. Them. He's going way up north to speak to them. So we're going to pray for him to have a great trip. We're going to pray for God to anoint his lips and that he speaks exactly what he's supposed to speak and that he is honored and esteemed and blessed. Um, and he will be home Saturday. Yay! So we get to see him Sunday. All right, so Father, we thank you for this. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the honor of being a part of your body. And Lord, today we just lift up another part of your glorious body. We lift up House of Shiloh Church. We lift up Pastor Joshua and Deborah Ellerby, and we just pray your blessings overflow them. 
We pray that your goodness will overtake them in such a way that it is undeniable that your hand is upon them. We pray that they hear your truth and they preach it with a boldness and with a fire that sets everyone on fire that is around them. We thank you that just the people that come near them will burn for you because of the anointing that is on them, Father. And Lord, we pray for Pastor Brian. We thank you that he is going to have a great trip. We thank you for the honor that he gets to not only speak here, not only be on live stream, but he gets the honor to go out and preach your word, that he gets to go and make disciples as your word says. We thank you for that great blessing. And so, Lord, we just pray a hedge of protection all around him. We pray for your blessing to be upon him. We thank you that your favor and your grace grace ushers him in everywhere he goes. And we thank you, Father, for that. We thank you that he will speak your word unaltered, unfiltered, with boldness. And we praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I hadn't told a joke in a long time. But I found one last night, and I warned Brian so he can't go, oh, Lord. He's already heard it, so he's had time to prepare. Y'all ready? I didn't ask you. I asked them. Roger, are you ready? I'll look over, Brian. Thank you. All right, so what's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? You ready? <laughs> okay. One's really heavy. The other one's just a little lighter. <laughs> but um, bum That was funny right there. No, if I tell too many, Brian won't let me come back up here. <laughs> oh, Tara didn't know what a zippo was? Well, I'm not a smoker either, but they make great party tricks. You know, when Barrett drank. <laughs> you know, so a zippo is those little metal square lighters that you, people can flip the lid and they just start automatically and... You know, it's a birthday candle lighter. You don't have to be a smoker to have a Zippo. We're holy rollers. We don't smell like hell. Okay. Uh, there you go. There was your encore. I'm going to start preaching before I digress and Brian kicks me out. Okay, so we're preaching on the light. And... <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Y'all, look, I'm so good, I didn't even plan that. <laughs> it is confirmation. Did you hear that, Brian? This is your, this is your ELT. <laughs> Brian's trying to be my guiding light. <laughs> I am. So I sent the notes to JD on, I don't know, whatever day. It was early in the week. Wednesday, Thursday, something like that. And J.D. came back. He's like, do you have a title for this? And I'm like, yes, I'm 119, 105. I don't know. And I'm sitting here going, okay, Brian thinks of all these, you know, catchy little phrases and, you know, cute little titles and everything. And I'm just not as good at that. So the Zippo sermon. If I didn't, if I'd have known, <laughs> had I known this joke ahead of time, Zippo would be in the name somewhere. But the only thing I could think of that at a particular time when I was thinking about, and I was like, okay, well, Psalm 118 talks about, you know, a light and it guides us. And, oh, I used to watch the best soap opera. So the name of this sermon is Guiding Light. 
No, I'm not doing the theme song. I don't sing. Didn't you hear that part? Joshua Ellerby sings, I don't sing. <laughs> okay, so really we are talking about Psalm 119.105. And before we talk about it, let's actually learn what it is. It tells us, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And as I was reading it, I went and I studied, um, you know, what is a lamp? What is a light in Bible times? And, you know, the closest thing I could think of for today's times is Deb's little oil lamp. You know, and nowadays, they're huge, you know. Um, this, one's, this one's like what I grew up with for an oil lamp. So it's a little bit older, not real old. Um, but even with this one, you know, the light radiates. You know, you've got this clear thing, and the light radiates everywhere um, if you light it up. But back in their time, it was a little pot, and it would be, you know, about like this big, something you could hold your hand. And there were two holes. There was one hole they could pour in the oil, and there was another hole, and a lot of them you see like a little bitty spout, and that's where the wick was, and the light would come. Um, they'd light the, light the wick, and you'd have just a little glow. And so I was thinking about that the other day. I was standing right there, and Brian was preaching on something, and something he said, I get on rabbit trails. Um, and so I went on my own little sermon on Psalm 119 while Brian was preaching. It was a great service, I guarantee you. But as I was sitting there, I was like, you know, they were just little pots. You know, it was a guiding light, and they held them out in front of them. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. It would be a light out here in front of them. How much light would be behind them? Not a whole lot. It's just enough that you can learn from your past, but not focus on your past. And I sat there and I was like, oh, God, that's good. He's like, I know. <laughs> so with that revelation, I got to studying on it, and I was studying the word. And, of course, you know, here the psalmist is talking about your word is going to rule in every area of my life. I'm going, to, I'm going to let your word be a light and a lamp to me and guide me where I go. And so I just got to digging in just on that one sentence. And, you know, the, but the first part I want to focus on really is your past. You know, so many times we meditate on who we were, where we've been, what we've done. But the light goes forward. Now, he wants you to learn from your past. That's why there may be enough light around you that you can look right here and see what you just did. Maybe, you know, just a mistake or something, maybe who you used to be. But he's like, all right, learn from it, but then focus on my light. You know, we just got done singing, it is well. And if you listen to the words, you heard, my eyes are on you. It is well with my soul. It is well with us because our eyes are on him. Our eyes are on his word. Our eyes are guided by his light. The moment that you look away and you start looking at your past and everything you used to be and everything that you're supposed to be is back here in front of you. It's not well with your soul because you're focusing on what he's told us in Isaiah and he's told us again in Hebrew I've taken your past. I've blotted it away. I remember it no more. This is why it's not highlighted, because it's not there. It's been wiped away. He says, I remember it no more. Well, if he remembers it, who are we to remember it? It's important for us to remember our past doesn't exist anymore. 
We learn from it. We don't focus on it. But we can't focus on past mistakes. We can't focus on who we used to be. But here's another one. We can't focus on the glory days. Back when I was a kid, we did this and we did that. And, oh, let me tell you about high school and, oh, the fun I had. And, man, when Brian and I were dating, you know, we were kid-free. We could go do all this, and it was awesome. But here's the thing. You can't be tied to the past and free to move forward, even on your glory days. Because the good that's behind you is behind you for a reason. Because it says he's taken us from one success to another, to another. Well, if you want to live in the glory days gone by, you go right ahead. But what's going to happen is the world is going to keep passing you by. All these successes are going to keep passing you by. All these blessings that he's got are going to keep passing you by. And sooner or later, you're going to wake up and look up and everything is gone. And you're still living in the memories. Pictures are great because they can remind us of wonderful memories. But eventually you put the pictures in a book or you put them on the wall or you put them in a drawer or something like that and you keep going. You keep focusing on what's ahead. Otherwise, it's just dead weight slowing you down. You are not your past. Your past influences you, but it does not define you. Praise God, because I know my past. What matters today isn't your past. It's not what you've done. It's not who you were. It's not even how you grew up. It's not who your parents were. It's not the mistakes that you've made or they've made. Brian makes a, um, he has a phrase that I really like. He says, God cares less about position and more about direction. Because we may be right here today, but as we focus on God's guiding light, what's the purpose of his guiding light? It says a lamp to my feet, but a light to my path. Well, a path has a purpose. A path is to take you somewhere. God doesn't care so much about the fact that Nicole Wright is standing here today. God has lit up my path so that Nicole can get there tomorrow. That's what Pastor Brian's phrase means. Because if we, you know, think about this. Even the best of drivers can't do this. If you try to drive your whole life going backwards, looking in your rearview mirror, what's going to happen? Eventually, there's going to be something right here hidden that your mirror don't pick up, and you're going to crash and burn. No jokes, George. So keep your eyes on the light. Um, there was some verses I wanted to point out, and I did not give these to J.D. to throw up because I just want you to listen to them. Genesis 19:26. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You know Satan wants to remind you all about your past because he wants you to forget that God created you with a plan and a purpose with a bright future. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, forget the former things, don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? 
uh, making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You know, and I was reading that verse. He's making a way in the wilderness. It doesn't matter what's going on all around you. Because with those lamps, it guides right in front of you. If you notice, it also doesn't highlight everything that's around you. There may be a wasteland all around you, but if God has lit up your path, that means there's a path to go through. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. That's you. You are a new creation. Philippians three thirteen through 14. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And then lastly, Luke nine sixty two, Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service of God, for the kingdom of God. You know, so many times, and I'm, I'm this, I have been this way, <clears throat> we want a searchlight. We want something that's going to flood everything. I want to know every nook and cranny. I want, to, I want every crack and crevice lit up. I want to see it all. Well, what's the problem with that? Where's your faith in that statement? Why do you need to see it all? If your faith and your hope is in him. Well, Nicole, that's just smart. It's just the smart thing to do. God's given you a brain. You need to use it. Yeah, he also gave me a word that says, my word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. So what if we use our brain and we focus on his word? Because what his word says is, Matthew six thirty four. don't worry about tomorrow. Or tomorrow is going to take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is why the light doesn't light up, but so far. Because tomorrow's issues can't be handled today. Tomorrow's issues aren't yours to handle. How do you know that he's not already working on tomorrow's issues and they won't even be an issue? This is what it was for me because... Yeah, we've talked about Nicole in the past, and we talked about Nicole's first sermon, and it was like this. And I'm pretty sure if we'd have recorded it, this is what you would have heard. So, had Nicole had a floodlight into Dayton, Brian, Stephen Wright, Nicole would have said, mm, he is cute, mighty fine, but oh, heck no. <laughs> and Nicole Pruitt would have run very far, very fast, and Nicole don't run. Nicole would have run. Because if there had been a floodlight, Nicole would have seen, oh, I don't know, your pastor's wife? <laughs> I don't play the piano. I don't sing. I don't even do the tambourine on beat. This is why we don't have tambourines at Boomerang Church. So you know what? I can't be a proper pastor's wife in the South. I'm just sorry. But then if I'd have looked even further into that spotlight, I'd have seen me standing up here talking to y'all and talking to y'all. And, well, Lord... That's just great, but apparently you don't know Nicole Wright, so. But here's the great thing. God's word was a lamp 
and a light. And I wasn't saved when I met Brian. I just thought he was mighty fine. I walked into Pizza Hut. I got me some carry out. Sure did. Walked into Pizza Hut, and he was standing on a ladder, and I said, oh, that's a good view. Y'all, I wasn't saved. <laughs> then I walked around the ladder, and I said, mm, that face is pretty, too. I think I'll take him home with me. And so we, <laughs> aw, my daughter Abigail's in the room. <laughs> My mama's here for service today. Hey, mama. She's telling Abigail not to listen. I wouldn't. My mama is not going to speak today. I wasn't a good girl like you are. You a good girl. There are no mighty fine boys anywhere in the vicinity of this area. But all I saw was a cute boy. I wanted to have fun. So I had fun. Then this cute boy led me to God. And suddenly I had a different reason for everything. Because suddenly I had his word. And I had a hope and I had a future. Because when I met him, I really didn't have much confidence in myself. Really, I actually didn't like myself very much. So I didn't think I had a hope and a future. I was just here to, you know, get through the day, have fun if there's fun to be had, and who knows. But suddenly, he introduced me to the Word, and suddenly I had a light, and I could see that there was a path. But still, praise God, I couldn't see the floodlights of everything because fear still would have consumed me because I'm a flesh. And I didn't know yet how to listen to my spirit. This is why he doesn't light up everywhere. Because he understands what we can deal with and he understands what we need to be stretched to. And it was a stretching, y'all. I mean, we walked into a meeting one time and Brian said, go speak to the ladies over here. I'm going to go say hi to the guys. And here's what I did. (laughs) I did talk to them. I was literally consumed with that much fear. So getting from there to here has been a huge stretch. But God knew that I was able to handle it. I would have thought you are absolutely nuts. Falling off the deep end, you're going crazy. I will never speak to a crowd. Ever. I didn't even do good at that at high school. Mama gave me the little worry rock. You know when them rocks got a little dent in it? And I'd keep it in my pocket And you better believe my pocket was moving the whole entire time I was speaking. Because that's who I was. But God said that's not who you are. That's not who you're called to be. And although you can't see it, I can. You know, we can pray for direction. And Lord, why won't you tell me this? Why won't you show me this? What's my future going to be? I just need to know X, Y, Z. But he says, my word is a lamp to your feet. You're asking for directions, and he's already given you a GPS. All you have to do is pick up his word. He tells us in there 
not only where to go, but he tells us where not to go. The light makes things clear and visible so we won't trip and fall. Some of us have two left feet. Without it, we could easily wander off the path and not see clearly how to get back. This is what his word does. We can mess up. Brian, I've messed up plenty of times. And you know what got us back every time? It wasn't that we walked into a church and put our faith in a man preaching. It was that every time we have messed up in any area, sometimes it's been big, we didn't go to church, sometimes it's been little. You know what, I think, I think we're off there. But every single time we've corrected, it's because we've stopped and said, let's go to the Word. What does the Word say about this? It tells us where to go and how to get back when we've wandered off. Because 2 Corinthians 2.14 tells us he wants us to succeed. He is not trying to control us. He's not a God that's saying, you're going to go here. He's a God that says, I will always lead you to triumph in Christ. Manifest through us the sweet aroma of knowledge of him in every place. He's saying, I want to get you from success to success to success. I gave you a free will. You're free to do whatever you want to do. But please, if you'll just let me guide you, it's going to be better than you can imagine. This is what his word does. But we have to follow him. It's our choice. You know, what if when Brian and I, when we moved here, we had, our church had, come, had dissolved. The pastors had moved off to South Carolina and they dis, it, the church just dissolved. Then we moved here. We didn't have anywhere to go. And in all honesty, we were hurt. We were hurt from some stuff that had happened and we just wanted to waller in our pain and in our misery. But the choice was ours. We could stay in our living room, wallering around, old gloom, despair, and agony that's on us. Or we could choose to lace up our bootstraps, go to the Word of God, and say, all right, well, Lord, what do you want me to do? But the choice was ours. And it's just like I talked about with the church, the body. The neck affects the arm. Our choice affects y'all. Our choice affects that little girl sitting right there. Our choice affects my mama sitting right there. Our choice affects people in other countries sitting right there. So although the choice is ours, we're not making it just for ourselves. So when he says, my word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path, realize that although you may not see them, there are people coming behind you following. So make that choice wisely. Because God is not going to force you to. We could still be sitting in that living room. Turning on the race or turning on the football game. You know, popping a top, kicking our feet back. Or we could still be sitting in our room, turning on, I don't know who preaches on Sunday mornings. Somebody, Charles Stanley. My nana liked him. You know, we could turn on the TV and, oh, we'll just watch Charles Stanley. We can get the word. But the problem is, God says, don't forget the assembling together. The problem is, says, he says, go and preach. Go and do. Go. But we have to make that choice for ourselves. 
Psalms 119.11 tells us, Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. See, the dangers of no light, the dangers of not having that word in our heart is without the word, there's not a sword. And I can guarantee you the enemy will come. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And the choice to pick up that sword is your choice to arm yourself. Or for me, I arm myself. But the lamp is to be carried by us, and we have to pick it up. We need to know the word of God in order for us to be able to put it to action. We have to actually pick up the word of God and apply it in our lives for it to actually work. Because it can sit on that bookshelf getting dust all day long. And one day when, you know, our great-great-grandkids are going through our stuff and cleaning out, oh, they had a Bible. How wonderful. Too bad they didn't use it and they died miserable, broken, disgusted. The sword won't defend if you don't wield it. So many times, instead of picking up the word of God, instead of using that light, we get led by emotions and circumstances. Hello, ladies. Guys do it too. Y'all are a big sack of, you big bunch of teddy bears is what y'all are. You try to act all. But girls and guys do it too. We get led by emotions. We get led by circumstances. Let me tell you, as a pastor, ooh, y'all, there are so many people that we have seen, and it's not just at Boomerang. This is everywhere. I know there's some pastors going to listen to this one day, and they're going to go, oh, mm, preach it. <laughs> Let me tell you how many people have left the church, not because the word of God wasn't being preached, but, oh, my God, did you see the way they looked at me? Did you hear what they said? Oh, no, they didn't. That's not the place for me. God wouldn't have me go somewhere like that. Did you hear Pastor Brian preaching on politics? Don't he know that I'm going to do this? And he has the audacity to tell me to go to the word? Oh, heck. Uh-uh. I'm a county commissioner. Mm. And we get led by emotions or circumstances instead of the word of God. And here's why. Because the enemy wants you destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because if we decide to let that light be our God, our emotions don't get a say. How about marriages? How about families destroyed because we don't know God's word for our marriage? We don't know God's word on communication, on love, and how about this one? Forgiveness. <laughs> Rachel says, oh, no, she didn't. Oh, yes, I did. I went there. The F word, forgiveness. See, here's why. If, are you laughing at me? <laughs> I'll forgive him because I let the word be my God. Satan's going to stir your emotions all up. He wants you divided. He hates Marriage. You think about the things that Satan attacks. And ask yourself, why does he attack them? He attacks marriage all the time. Because marriage is a beautiful picture 
of the body of Christ and God. It's a beautiful union. It's a beautiful display of his love. It's a beautiful display of his forgiveness. And Satan hates it, and he wants to destroy marriage, and he will destroy you in the process. This is what happens when we take our eyes off the word and we start relying on emotions and circumstances and worldly logic to guide us. That just don't make no good sense. I don't care if it makes sense. Is it in the word of God? Because if it's in the word of God, my word says he's going to lead me from success to success. My word says as I have his word hidden in my heart, I won't sin against him. So that means no matter what goes on in my life, I can walk a righteous life. We can live a life without sin from this point forward because we choose to let his word be a guide. Have you ever thought about that? You can go tomorrow, and I know somebody's sitting here going, Nicole, we live in a flesh. You are going to have the flesh to battle. You are going to screw up. You sure do live in a flesh, and you sure do have the flesh to battle, but you have his word to guide you on how to win that battle. And he says, if you have your word and your heart, and my word in your heart, you won't sin against me if you use it as a, a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. That's the life you can live. Because here's the thing. If you are living a life free of sin, what else are you living a life free of? You're living a life free of the problems that come with sin the things that attach themselves to sin, the condemnation, the conviction, the guilt, the shame, the blocking the blessings of heaven. This is all the stuff you are choosing to put away because you choose to let his word be a lamp to your feet. And it's your choice. But we need his word. We need Proverbs 6.23 tells us, For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching is a light. And reproofs for discipline are the way of life. You see, the law of God is a lamp or a candle to see by, to walk by, to work by. It enlightens the eyes and directs the feet. It makes working more pleasant, walking more comfortable. You don't stumble and fall. It helps us to know not only where we should walk, but it also helps us to know where we're walking now. It helps us to see, are we on the right path? It also helps us to go, because if you can't see, you can't go. And Mark 16, 15 tells us, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He tells us in 1 Peter 5, 8, Be of sober spirit. Be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. See, we want to sit here all in the spotlight where we see and we know everything and the light is God and God is the light and the light is good and oh, let's just bask in it. We're to be the light. We're to take the light. But what needs the light? Where is light needed? It's needed in the darkness. That means you are called to go into the darkness. But he tells us, I won't leave you or forsake you. Which means we have a light with us all the time. Which tells us if he's abiding within us, we are the light. We are to take it 
to the darkness. But we will not stumble. We will not be devoured if that is what guides us. We're supposed to take the word of God and use it personally, practically, habitually, so that we may see our way and see what lies in it. Because we may have a path. This may be the path I'm supposed to walk. But do you really believe that Satan's not going to try to you know, trip me up, distract me, make me stumble? He might try to carve a different path and you know, put tacos on it so I'll follow it. I'd follow it for tacos. Not really. And salsa. George says a big old bowl of queso. Um, but if I've got his light guiding my path, his light guiding my feet. I know exactly where to go. I know there may be darkness all around me, but it doesn't touch me. Because I've got the light here. Because I've got the light here. And because he has set my path. I know exactly where to go. Psalm 23, 4 tells us, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protects me and comforts me. Psalm 27, 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You see, if we don't have a light, we don't have sight. We don't have direction. We don't have protection. This is the power of the word of God. But when we walk in the light of God's word, we find that God is leading us and he is guiding us in all the steps of our lives. Whether we are children or teenagers or young adults, old adults, single, married, I just got saved today, I'm getting saved right this minute, I've been saved for 57 years, but I'm just coming to God now. This is the word that is ours. There is no age limit, there is no social status, there is no time on your Christianity godliness. It's the moment you choose God to be your light and your salvation, that light is yours. That light will start guiding you that very moment. And to wrap up, I want to show you a few things in the Word. Here's what we have through the Word of God. And just listen. I didn't give these to J.D. Just listen. New life I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Eternal life. John 3.36. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. We have freedom from guilt. Psalm 103.12. You forgave the guilt of my sins. Fruits of faith. We have the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, all these. Power for daily living. Christ lives in me. The life I live in, the body I live by faith in the Son of God. Answers to prayers. He says, call upon me in the day of trouble. Guidance for daily life. He's our easy button. Fellowship of believers because we are all a part of the body of Christ. And the assurance of God's love. We know that in all things, God works for the good of the people who love him. These are all the things we get when we choose to pick up the light of God, when we choose to let him be our light and our salvation, when we choose to put aside worldly logic, when we choose to put aside emotions, when we choose to try to figure the checks and balances of it all and set that aside and say, you know what? I'm going to pick up this word of God 
I'm going to let that be the lamp to my feet, the light to my path. And I don't understand it all. I'm still learning all this. It's all still kind of new to me or whatever. I don't know it all. I don't know where it's going to lead, but I know if I turn to his word, he's always leading me to success. And I know when I turn to his word, even if I stumble, even if I choose to you know, accidentally follow the wrong path tomorrow, I can choose the next day to say, Lord, I messed up. And he will get me right back to that path. Because that's love. Because that's your father. That's the love he has for you. He's saying, don't focus on the past. Don't focus on everything that's going around. It's, it's worldly junk, and it doesn't matter because you are in this world, but you aren't of this world. So don't focus on it. Just follow me. Follow my word. Let me show you where to go. Let me take you to who you were created to be, a person of destiny, a person to make a difference, a person to be the light in this darkness. And as you do that, you get all those things. You get the guidance. You get the love. You get the life. You get the light in abundance. This is who you were created to be. This is why as I stood over there and I was meditating on this verse, God said, how much of your past is lit up? Because I think of all the things that I used to be. I think of all the fear that used to consume me. All the mistakes I made. And God said, how much of that is lit up? In fact, I blotted it away and remembered it no more, so I don't even know what you're talking about. How about you just look forward? How about you just look to me? Just look to my light. I don't care who you used to be. I know who you are. So, Father, we thank you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And, Father, we choose to pick it up today, and we choose to focus on your path and your path alone. And, Father, although we don't know all the answers, we thank you that you do. And, Father, we thank you that we don't know the whole big plan for our lives because we thank you that we have faith in you and you have faith in us to follow you, to love on you, to listen to you, to let your word be our light. And so, Lord, this very moment, we choose to follow that light. And we will follow it wherever it may lead, knowing that wherever you send us, you will equip us. Knowing that you are our light, that you are our salvation, that you are our protection, that you are our deliverer, that you are our all in all, that whatever we need at that moment, wherever you lead us, you are there with us, giving us whatever we need. And so, Father, we surround ourselves. We are consumed by your light, and we thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for your blessings, and thank you for your love upon us. In Jesus' name, amen.